0: too often told that democracy is in recession across the world I mean, you think about uh, Poland under the Law and Justice Party it's become increasingly illiberal, um, Erdogan's Turkey has drifted towards authoritarianism and many Western commentators put Hungary in that camp. Uh, Australians don't really have a very good sense of Hungary which is strange given that there have been several waves of immigrants hung- from Hungary to Australia most notably after the 1956 Hungarian uprising which happened to coincide with Melbourne hosting the Olympic Games that year. So we thought we'd speak with one of Hungary's leading intellectuals, Máté Haibar is director of the Free
1: Market Foundation in Hungary. Máté, welcome to Australia. Thank you very much it's a pleasure to be here and I have to tell you that in the short time I've been here I've met many people who had Hungarian friends and I was pleasantly surprised that basically everybody knows someone Hungarian in Australia. Yes
0: that's right well it's not just the Hungarian uprising that was after World War II and of course the end of the Cold War where we had pretty significant waves of Hungarian immigrants but as I say we very rarely talk about Hungary however some people do talk about your Prime Minister Orban controversial character but he's had a remarkable and enduring political career I think he's one four out of the last six elections. Tell us more about Orban.
1: Well, I think Orban is one of the most decisive figures in in recent times in Hungary after the fall of communism in the early 90s, late 80s. He's been one of the most detrimental politicians in the history of Hungary. He basically defined the road Hungary is taking at the moment. And he's a very controversial figure, to say the least, uh, because he's attacked and criticized a lot, and mostly the criticism is justified. However, um, although I'm very critical of him, I don't think that he, Hungary wouldn't be a, a democracy anymore. He just made a very shrewd distinction between liberal and illiberal democracy. So his, he had a very infamous speech in 2014 when he declared that he's building an illiberal state in Hungary based upon or modeled upon countries such as Russia or China, which are, you know, not the best of examples as democracy goes. Uh, However, he clarified this by saying that Hungary is still a democracy, and I agree, but it's an illiberal democracy. And it's very hard to put a finger on what this means because there is an undeniable erosion in the rule of laws and in the checks and balances in Hungary. However, it is not impossible to win elections, there are multiple parties working legally. On paper you can set up free press, however, it is also true that many of the other rankings, for example, Freedom House ranks Hungary as a partly free country, as it so far goes for uh, freedom of the press. We
0: have to stress here that uh, Hungary under Orbán still has uh, uh, political
1: opponents, correct? Yes, certainly. Uh, they are not the most pragmatic people, unfortunately, and it's also true that the Hungarian electoral law basically is biased for the governing party. However, on paper, you are able to win elections against the government.
0: Okay, take us back to the late 1980s, early 1990s. He was clearly rebelling, he it made his mark as, a, as an opponent of Soviet imperialism, uh, and obviously was one of the leading figures behind the movement to uh, fight communism and yet in more recent times he's widely seen as an advanced man for Vladimir Putin uh, in the European Union and in NATO. Uh, He's even called um, the leaders in Washington and Brussels globalists. How do you account for that?
1: Well, Orbán certainly had a huge U-turn somewhere in the mid-90s, so he became famous uh, by declaring he was one of the first people in Hungary who openly declared uh, that the Soviet troops uh, in Hungary should go back to Russia, which was a very rebellious thing at the time to, to say openly. Uh, and he was a staunch classical liberal, and uh, he slowly turned towards a more conservative approach, a Christian conservative approach, and now basically nobody knows what he is he's still declaring to be uh, a central right figure, however I would declare that uh, he's more populist than than ideologically based, he realized very pragmatically, I would have to say, uh, that the will of the people, the will of the majority of the people, is what he should respond to rather than be an ideological leader. And he realized very well that there are certain aspects of of society that uh, is not going to be swayed either left or right. They will respond uh, to ideas that will cater to their own needs. And in that case, of course, it's a democracy and he won, uh, Orban won elections f- four times. So it's undebated that he's popular and he, he's a very good leader for those people who, who, who voted for him. However, uh, in order to be this good leader and be a populist, he had to overstep certain things. For example, the rule of law and, and there's a blatant amount of corruption in Hungary, which is very fearful.
0: Okay, but uh, Hungary is part of the
1: European Union and NATO, and yet Orbán clearly has a very close relationship with Moscow, why? Well, Hungary has always been on the fence whether to belong to the East or the West, so it's been a historic struggle for Hungary, and Hungary is clearly clearly set towards the European Union and the NATO alliance and America, uh, the US is one of our Strategic partners. However, uh, under Orban's regime, there was a, a certain direction called the Eastern Opening when Hungary opened up economically towards post Soviet states and China. And uh, obviously, Russia is one of the main targets of this Eastern Opening, which is not the best. I think that uh, Orban was one of the first uh, European leaders who invited and hosted Vladimir Putin after the Crimean crisis and the crisis in Ukraine, and that went opposite to the trend in in the European Union when nobody was willing to sit down with with Vladimir Putin. However, Hungary and Orbán in particular has been very, very friendly. With, with Russia. And uh, in many cases, Orbán is doing exactly the same thing as, as Vladimir Putin has done. For example, the attack on NGOs or the, the free press has been done in the same way as, as in Russia.
0: Now, Hungary was obviously under brutal Soviet occupation for much of the post-war period. To what extent do, do Hungarians support uh, the bromance between uh, Vladimir Putin and Orbán?
1: I think there's been a shift uh, in people's perception from the Soviet Union to, to Russia. And Hungarians uh, respect a strong leader um, and, and a pragmatic leader. And Orban is, is a, one of the few people who realized how to play politics in the 21st century. And this couldn't be said to many of the people on the opposition side who are very much uh, naive and ideologically based, but in a very naive and, and intellectual sense rather than a pragmatic sense which Orbán is, and he managed to utilize many of the technological advances like social media and the Internet. And uh, with this, I think the whole perception of the Soviet Union has changed. Uh, Hungarians are still not really in favor of what Putin is doing. However, Uh, many of Hungarians are willing to, you know, turn a blind eye towards Putin if if he can be useful for Hungary. Mm -hmm. So Hungarians take a, a lot of pride in their country, and rightly so and if whatever alliance can serve the pride of the country, then it's probably okay.
0: Orbán seems to have his defenders in the West. I think of Steve Bannon, the former controversial advisor to President Donald Trump. He calls him a hero and, quote, the most significant guy on the European scene. Uh, How do you account for the fact that Orbán resonates with a lot of nationalists in the West?
1: Well, Orbán is a really excellent communicator, so he's doing something in Hungary which caters to the... Voter base that he is keeping very close, and then when he goes abroad, he caters to the right-wing conservative movement uh, in the West. And uh, this, for example, the whole immigration issue is one of these cases where many of the right-wing conservative people, such as Steve Bannon, would would praise him on. However, I have to say that despite the fact that Orban seemingly stopped immigration in Hungary, there's been a lot of instances where uh, people were coming in from, from countries that Orbán deems as as uh, Muslim countries and are threats to the Christian foundation of, of
0: Europe. And this reached a peak, I think, in 2015-2016 at the height of the Syrian civil war, correct? Yeah. And what kind of measures did Orbán take with the refugees coming in from Muslim countries, particularly Syria?
1: Well. Uh People weren't signaled on, on where they were coming from. Immigrants, as such, were were stopped by a border fence. Uh, so there was a huge, several kilometer long fence being set up. Uh, there are some worries about human rights violations mm. on the border that uh, asylum seekers are not treated properly. Uh, but a lot of voices are saying that uh, the number of immigrants dwindled not because of the border fence, but because. The so-called Balkan routes were not really mm, f- accommodating f- as many immigrants at the time. Yeah. However, uh, as, I, as I stressed, it's a worrying thing that, of course, I mean, Hungarians, and, and I have to stress this, that most Hungarians were against immigration, and I wouldn't argue with, with settling in immigrants in, in a country where people don't want them, uh, although it wasn't really the case because immigrants wouldn't have wanted to stay in Hungary. However, Orban is having had some ties with uh, other Muslim leaders, and he praised Islam in other countries, yeah. saying that it's a religion of peace, yeah. whereas in Hungary, where most people were very uh, cautious about uh, Islam, he had a completely different N- nar- narrative. And uh, despite the fact that he, he's claiming that he's stopping immigration, uh, he has managed to Settling a lot of people, for example, uh, Russians who are of dubious background because uh, a Russian bank uh, came into Hungary. Uh, the new headquarter of this bank is in Budapest right now, and this bank is being attacked, especially in the US, for being a spy hub of, of Putin. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, clearly, Orbán's uh, position resonated with a lot of Hungarians who believed that Brussels was turning a blind eye to uh, lax borders and, and um, you know, huge Im- amounts of immigrants coming across from Africa and, and of course the Middle East. Do you think that Orbán's position here underscores how immigration as an issue has really profoundly changed the political order in Europe over the last few years?
1: Well, actually, certainly Orbán's position on immigration was one of the first outspoken voice on, on immigration in, in Europe. Whether he was right or wrong, uh, he was the first to raise the issue, whereas a lot of European leaders didn't have any solution whatsoever to the to, make, to the immigration issue. However, I'm not sure if Orban's. Uh... But you contrast Orban's position to say Angela Merkel's position Definitely. in 2015. Yes, you
0: know where the weight of public opinion in Europe sits, right?
1: Yes. So I mean. Certainly, there's a huge contrast on, on, on Angela Merkel's position. However, Germany wasn't in a situation. Hungary was because Germany mm. wasn't on the border of the European Union. Hungary was. Uh, however, it was, I'm not sure if Orbán's decision to do anything or speak about immigration has anything to do with ideological, mm. sense, it has a populist stance. so uh, if you are looking at Orbán's uh, actions, you don't have to look at ideology or, pra- or in that sense, pragmatic. Since he's reacting to the general trend, the, the will of the people, so to speak, and, and he realised quite rightly that most of Hungarians wouldn't want immigrants and that can be a very, very good case to mobilise voters. Yeah,
0: in Australia, Mate, in 2001, we had a federal election and there was an immigration crisis. Um, a b- bunch of asylum seekers had hijacked uh, a Norwegian vessel trying to get into Australia illegally even though that vessel was going towards Indonesia. And the Prime Minister at the time, a friend of CIS, John Howard, famously declared, we will determine who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. And at the time, the left critics denounced him as a nativist, a populist, even a racist. But his position clearly resonated with a lot of Australians and he won uh, an election that he was supposed to lose, according to the polls and the pundits. Um, Doesn't that episode, taken together with what Orban's been doing in Hungary and what you're seeing across Europe, where politicians are appealing to the sovereignty, national sovereignty, the nation-state, doesn't that indicate that the Brussels
1: project uh, is severely tarnished? Um, I wouldn't go that far, however I completely agree with you that every nation has its own sovereign right to decide Mm. who comes through its borders and I think it should be the general population who decides this through democratic elections. Um, And I really think that Brussels failed uh, to tackle the problem of immigration at first and it did a lot of (laughs) of smokes and mirrors uh, policies on trying to act as they are doing something which they really had no effect whatsoever. So I I think it was a lot of naivety from the part of Europe, which really didn't help the European project. However, I wouldn't say that it really shows the the failure of of Europe as such.
0: Talking about the European project is there a double standard with Orbán bagging the European Union and certainly members of his own Fidesz party have criticized Brussels time and again in recent years especially but at the same time the Orbán government is more than happy to take European uh, subsidies and euros to sustain
1: Hungary's economy.
0: Is that a bit bit rich?
1: Well yes so (laughs) unfortunately Hungary's economy is very much dependent on European funds, and there are a lot of uh, allegations that a lot of these funds are embezzled, so the European Union is trying to oversee these corruption charges at the moment, and it's true that uh, last period about 94-95% of all public investments were at least partially funded from the European Union. It's one of the highest ratio, And uh, but I have to say that Orbán never said that he he wants to leave the European no. Union, so he, he wants to stay within the Even European he Union. he likes
0: using this verb to soros,
1: can you explain what that means, to soros? Well, I'm not sure if it's been used as a verb. <laughs> however, it refers to George Soros, uh, Hungarian-born US billionaire, who is doing a lot of philanthropic work throughout the world, and uh, his whole idea of open society doesn't really tie in with, with the government's agenda. Uh, however, nobody really knew who George Soros, was up until the point Orbán started to have right. a huge propaganda campaign against him, and there were huge posters saying that Mr. Soros wants to settle in immigrants, which was not true. Uh, and unfortunately, it's it's been an issue ever since, despite the fact that Orbán himself has been studying abroad in a George Soros scholarship.
0: Uh, Oh, right, but I'm a bit confused here because isn't George Soros and Orbán in a way alike in the sense that they're increasingly skeptical of market
1: economics? I'm not even sure that Orbán would be skeptical of of market. But he's
0: been a well-known critic of capitalism.
1: In a way, yes, in another way, I'm not sure. It, it, that's what I'm saying that whatever Orbán says has to be taken with a uh-huh. uh, grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, he's a populist, so he will say one thing and do another thing. Right. Uh, he's certainly not a champion of free markets. Free market economics doesn't really have a very good reputation in, in Hungary, unfortunately. If it did, Orbán would be, I think, a, a free okay, market. So just to clarify,
0: your argument is that not only is democracy in recession in Hungary, but free market economics is also backsliding in Hungary.
1: Uh, I'm not saying free market economics is backsliding in Hungary. I'm, I'm saying that the perception of free market economics is not that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a very interesting Pew research uh, at the early 90s when most people, I think 70-some percent of people, supported uh, the change from from the oppressive regime to a more democratic regime and, and from a planned economy to free market economics. And in uh, I think in the next poll was done in, in 2009 or 2008, when from the 70%, it slid back only to 50, per 50 some percent of the people who supported market economics and, and, and democracy. And I think it has to do with a lot of uh, disillusionment with, with, with democracy, with the whole you know, freedom project because a lot of people thought that finally all this oppression is over and now we are going to have prosperity. But you know, prosperity doesn't really come if you don't do anything in order to gain it. So mm-hmm. you have to have to be very entrepreneurial and it even though I'm not saying Hungarians are not entrepreneur entrepreneurial but it doesn't happen overnight. And this came after we joined the European Union in 2004. Everybody thought that, okay, we are joining this elite club and everything will be perfect from now on. And uh, of course, the financial crisis hit. Everything was not perfect, so a lot of people started to be a bit skeptical about the European Union. I'm not saying skeptic, but there was a fatigue with, with all these promises not being fulfilled. Mm.
0: Well, Mate, thank you so much for being at the Centre for Independent Studies. Thank you very much.